Welcome to the Down About Down podcast from County Down, Northern Ireland, with your host Chris Scott, for your ears only. Welcome back to the Down About Down podcast with me, Chris Scott. Thank you for joining me again, and thank you for lending me your ears. This time, I'm in conversation with world champion powerlifter Karen Burns, a killer lass who has just returned from the 2022 IPF World Classic and Equip Masters Powerlifting Championships over in Newfoundland. Karen talks to me about her latest experience and successes. Here we go with the remaining lifters in the 57s. Karen Burns out for 120. This guarantees her the squat bronze. Ah, she's a fighter. That's 120 kilos and the squat bronze for Karen Burns. Welcome back, Down About Down podcast. Yeah, it's me again, Chris Scott. And I'd like to welcome on to the show. I keep saying show, but we're not on the radio anymore. We're on a podcast. Karen Burns from Calais, welcome. Thanks, Chris. Nice to meet you again. Yeah, again, because it was probably only about 11 or 12 weeks ago when we last spoke. Yeah, just before my journey to Canada, yep. Of course, if anybody who didn't hear, get back onto the podcast and, and listen to Karen's original podcast about 11, 12 weeks ago. If, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, and I think I told the story about you had walked past me in the street and someone had said who you were, I never really knew who you were. Uh, but Karen, um, you're a powerlifter. Yep, I'm 54 years old and I'm a powerlifter and I've been doing it for the last five years and it is the most enjoyable sport and it's for everybody can take part in this. You, there's no levels, you just go and do it yeah and you're a, you're a mother and a grandmother as well and and you told me the last time i think you've been doing this about six years now coming into six years yeah. and you just went from nowhere to the top of the world well I just went to the gym for a bit of a laugh really but then things just started to progress and you think oh i can I'm, i am strong i can do this and you just keep going and do your training and that's where i've ended up now now, the last time I spoke to you, you had been, was it Temple Patrick? And, and uh, was it where was the competition for the British Masters? Wasn't that Temple Patrick? Yes, it was held in Temple Patrick, and that was in June um, of this year. So that was that's where I actually got myself a British record on squat at 125.5 kilo. Which you actually held anyway. Yes, it was my record anyway, but you just had to put a little bit more onto it. and Yeah. Work away, yes. So at that time then, you said that you had to qualify at the British Masters then to go to the World Championships, uh, which was held in Newfoundland. If I, I don't know how those guys said out there, but that was what your goal was, and you told me that you had 11 weeks training regime, and that's where you were. So I know you were very successful, uh, and tell us what happened, and then we'll go back through everything. So tell me what happened once you got to Newfoundland. You were in the competition. What did you pick up there? I picked myself up. Uh, bronze and two silvers and we as a team got bronze overall that's brilliant so you were on the great britain team yes um i'm classed as a masters two uh i am in a weight category of 57 kilos so yes that's where i am you can have a lesson back because we, we talked in depth about how you got chosen and different age groups and how the structure works so i'll go back over all that again so when 11 weeks ago you were going to be speaking to your coach again and you were starting a, a training regime geared specifically to the world championships 
So how did all that go? So from that day after I left you, and and don't forget, you're a working lady as well. So you also work. Um, you're, you work in the uh, legal secretary or a legal cleric or in, in that profession. So you have other things going on in your life. So how did you organise yourself from the last point that we... we sp- so I train Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, but... I do a full-time job, so these, then my training sessions are after work. I'm again back in your house again, so nothing's changed here. The room, the front room, folks, and, and you wouldn't be able to see this, but, you know, it's just like a gym, isn't it? Yes. I love this front room. It's the best front room you could ever ask for. Um, yeah. All my training gear, so I can do my training. This has just been here from 2020 since COVID, and that's is just, and I'm happy here. It's my happy place. Eleven weeks ago, were you training here, or did you go to a central gym again? Did you go with your coach one to one? No, my coach sends me uh, my program on his app, and then I do my training twice a week by myself, and then twice a week with my friend out in Annacloy. Eleven weeks ago, then, how did you start off the training? Then, what what were you looking to do? What was your your goal? First week, second week, how did it develop over that 11 week? We never really set any goals at the end. We just go week by week because you just don't know what factors take place. So um, four or five weeks into this block, I got an injury and I was attending for physio every week on a Thursday. And we got through it. And I go to a place in Newcastle, Core Moving, and they're amazing. And they got me through to able to compete so they're like a physio program or whatever yeah yeah i i have been going to them for about four or five years just to keep myself maintained to make sure that i don't pick up injuries so once a month go there but this i had to go on a weekly basis to try and get the injury sorted but we did it brilliant yeah i guess that worried you a bit oh i was really worried and again and he tailored that program to fit so as we could work around that injury and we did it it's a skill in itself. So, you, you know, at the very start of that, once you got through the British Masters, it was a cert then that you were going to the world or did you have to go through another selection process? No, that was the selection process. Your total, what you did on that day was what was put forward for your selection. And total, so you're doing, tell, remind me again what lifts you do. There was squat, isn't that right? That was one of them. I had a very good British master, so I'd squat at 125.5 kilo, a bench uh, press at 65 kilo, and a deadlift at 160 kilo. Something funny you'd said the last time, he said, so what about your eating regime? And he says, well, I'm going down to the duffer now for, for normal food. I'm like, you can't do that. So did you be more cautious about your food coming up to, to the world or just do what you normally do? I just do what I normally do. Again, that was another thing that Aaron had put in place that I was never too much above my competition weight at 57 kilo. I only went to about 57.7 kilo, so 700 grams to lose over 11 weeks wasn't a lot. I suppose the panic is that you must maintain that then. The last Those last couple of weeks are crucial. Well, we knew then that the day I flew out, I was at sitting at 57 kilo, but we, gained, we knew that the, we had three or four days to um, make sure that we stayed at that weight because of water retention on the flight. Yeah, of course, yes, you have all those factors. So the Great Britain team, you're all training individually then, so there is a coach overall, is that right? Yeah, we do. Um, Martin Bass is the British coach, and um, again, we never have any team days. We Every lifter does their individual programme, and we just meet up at the competitions. 
Okay, but does he oversee what you're doing? Does he have an input? Does he over... You have your own coach, but where does he fall into things? On the day, you lift what he tells you to lift because you are not... Yes, we are competing as individuals, but you're competing for your team and your team need to pick up points. So that's how he does that. So he he wa- he watches the lifts and he'll then judge that and say how many kilo we're going to do for the next one. Uh, and something else that surprised me, well, uh, well, I suppose it didn't surprise me in some respects, knowing some about other sports that don't really make the headlines as, as well as much as they should, but you had to fund most things yourself. I funded everything myself. Flights, hotel, you name it. We have to. It's a self-funded sport and I enjoy it, so that's why. It is an up-and-coming sport, but still no funding for it, yeah. unfortunately. And, of course, as we said before, it's not just a matter of just flying out, doing that and flying back again, so you have to get accommodation sorted out, etc. Et is that done in connection with the coach, the GB coach as well? Well, our British coach will, wherever these um, competitions take place, there will be a central hotel, which basically team hotel, mm-hmm. and rooms are reserved for the participants. So that's how we get But we paid ourselves. You had been in the worlds before, isn't that right? I was in worlds in Sweden and Halmstad, yeah. You're not, you're not a stranger to that. So is that the second worlds that you've been in? This is the fourth worlds I've been oh. in. <laughs> but were the other events all in Sweden? Three in Sweden and this one in Canada. This was a first for you? Possibly a much longer travelling experience? All in all, from door to door, 20 hours. So, right, you have to, you're getting built up, you're still at your work, you're still doing all this stuff, you're getting your suitcase packed, you have to think about your kit, you have to think about everyone else. What's going on in your head? As long as I have my kit on that plane by my side, I'm okay with everything else. (laughs) I'm very precious about it. They did ask me, would I hand over my hand luggage? And I went, I'm sorry, I can't. No kit, no lift. So, mentally though, how did you prepare yourself mentally? I actually do mindset coaching myself. So I do this every morning before I go out the door. So I sit with a cup of coffee, go through all positive affirmations, and that's how I just keep on track. Positive affirmation. I talk to quite a lot of people in this area and beyond who are into mindfulness, and they all have different ways of looking at themselves. Um, But I know one person, you'll know Colin Montgomery, one of our local singers on right. He used to tell me that his goal in life was just to get up in the mornings because of what he'd gone through. And mindfulness, make your bed in the morning. That's an achievement. Should you not do anything else? That was a positive for, for his day. Yeah. You're, you're on a, a slightly different plane. But, I mean, what, what would be your... How would you set your day? What would be in your mind? My main goal in the morning is I'm going to have a good day today. Regardless of whatever situation happens today, we can sort it and I'm going to have a good day. Do you ever come home at night and get up in the morning and go, actually, yesterday wasn't a good day. I'm going to do better today. No, I don't. I used to would maybe be a bit huffy and puffy about things that happened, but now I just forget about it, move on. It has. You just have to move on. That's a good attitude. So that, that gets you in the right frame of mind. But what about... What about your worries? What about the lifts? You know, what's the competition going to be like? Who's going to be there? All that has to go through your head. No, that's down to my coach. I do not look at nominations. I do not look at numbers. I just do the lifting. I do what I have to do. That's my job. 
he does what he has to do. Okay, so if I'm travelling to Canada, I know I need to get on that plane. And, and now, Karen, you know, it's it's was so long over two years on your travel, and you go to the airport. Wh- wh- where am I supposed to be? What what gate am I supposed to be at? You're, it, there's anxiety for me, and most travellers, there's anxiety right away, let alone what you're going to do on the other side. Am I going to get to the plane in time? Is this going to happen? Oh, what time's that going to be at? Wh- where do you actually show your pass? Do you have to scan that? You know, you don't, th- there's so much anxiety because you just want to get there. You have that all that going on. Don't tell me you're really cool at, at that stage. Chris, to be honest, I was because I had to be because I travelled on my own. Yeah. To this competition so i had to go to the airport i had to get on two flights by myself and i'm proud that i did it and i got to the other side and i went i did it by myself you have an amazing attitude that's brilliant yeah and that, that, i think that says a lot where you got the way you've got you know that that's there there's 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 mind over matter there so you're on the plane now you told me a little story i don't know what you want to tell everybody this but whenever you were actually on the plane like it's a long journey it's what five and a half six or whatever it is um Apparently, you didn't just sit there then. No, definitely not. I got on the plane, I got some food, then I got up and did some walking about to get some steps in. Met a whole lot of people up and down the aisles. <laughs> Sat down, watched a film. Then when that was over, I went back up, done my steps, met more people and got 4,000 steps done in five hours. That's incredible. Had so many thousand feet in the air, but well done you. So you land... Um, did you tell me it was some sort of panic over where, where you know your confusion over flights or what was things not just going smoothly? On the Monday before I flew on the Wednesday, I got an email from Air Canada to say my flight from Toronto to St John's, where the competition was being held, was cancelled, and that was my worst nightmare. <laughs> but cool, calm, collected. Up the next morning, Air Canada sent me a new itinerary, so we're back on track again. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So you knew then you were landing, you're going over to St. John's. When you got there then, you're in a hotel situation? Yeah, taxi to the hotel. Our, our names are already there. We just give a name, give us a room number, and that's us, sort of. Do you actually get to meet the rest of the team then at that stage? Or, or Do you actually know them all anyway? I know them through Instagram. I know them through competing in British Masters. So, yeah, I know most of the team. Other competitors, were they staying locally as well? Most of the lifters stayed in the Sheraton Hotel. And that's where the competition was? Yeah, the competition was held in the Sheraton Hotel, yeah. Day one, you arrive, you get sorted out, get your case on, pack, what do you do? Arrived at midnight, <laughs> went to bed, and then, yes, that that was the Thursday. So it gave me Thursday, Friday, Saturday to recover and lift it on when, Sunday. Is there behind-the-scenes training then for you? You know, are you going the second day, doing a couple of lifts? On the... Thursday morning, yeah, I did a very, very light training session of squat, bench and deadlift. Um, my coach had le- given me a programme and that was done and that was me. That was this is your coach back in Northern Ireland or the, or the Great Britain coach? My coach in Northern Ireland, Aaron, Aaron Kelly. He didn't go, he doesn't? Unfortunately, he's just opened a new gym, Unified Fitness, so he couldn't travel with me. He has done before. It's nearly D-Day, day before. How, how are you feeling? I actually was feeling good. And I felt that I had three days was plenty of time to recover. It wasn't until the next day when you start warming up and you're getting these kilos on your back and you're thinking, mm, this is heavy. This So the 20 hours travel did take a toll. And that's that's an important thing as well. You talked about fluid retention as well. You don't know how that you're going to affect with that. And I always find travelling planes, there's always a bit of a sore throat, but you, you were okay with that? I was fine with that, no. Everything was hunky-dory and... 
as I say, three days I thought, yes, this is it, we've got it. I'm weighed in perfect on the day at 56.6 kilo. Which is a big worry because if you go over, is, is it the same? I remember you told me before, if you're over or you're not in uh, within whatever range, then you could... You're sort of disqualified. You can still go ahead, but you're not going to win anything. If you don't weigh in at your, the weight you're competing at, no, you can't lift. But again, there is an hour window for you to lose if you need to. But thankfully, I didn't have to. The And the actual competition itself, what was the first lift that you did? So my first squat, I went out to do 115 kilo. And where's that in the range of what you normally do? It's 10 kilo below what I normally do. But again, you always go for a safe opener to make sure you get that first lift in. Because okay. it builds your, build confidence and build your total. And then you go again. Yeah, but unfortunately, the plan was to go to 120. But knowing with the toll of the travel, we went to 117.5 kilo. Were you aware at that stage of the other countries? So there was 30, was there 30 plus countries in that? 39 countries take part. Uh, and they all summon, how, how many were in your category, you know, how many other countries do you reckon? Four, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four, because there was two, two, there was myself and my teammate in the same category. Did you know at that stage, were, were you like first or were you second or, you know, what, what way, did you know, had you any knowledge what they had done? So, what the way it works is, the, whoever's going to lift the lightest goes first and then as it, they put more weight on for the next lifter and more went on for the next lifter. So every lifter chooses their own weight. Mm, that, that's like that's like putting bids in on a sealed envelope for for a, you know for the council for for doing a job. You know you don't know what anybody else has then at that stage. I never look at the board to see what anybody else is lifting. I just when my name's called, I just go and do and do my that's thing. It. That's it. So focused. Well, that, and it obviously works. So on this one. You, you, you got up to 117 and a half, isn't that right? So what happens at that point? Again, tough lift, but again, we added another two and a half kilo. So my third, I got my first two squat, so we added another two and a half kilo. So my last squat was 120 kilo, which I got as well. Was that enough to do then? What, what Where were you then in the in the packing order at that stage? Um, that got me a bronze. That's brilliant. Did you know that right away or was it sort of anticipation? Did you go and watch them to see what was coming behind you or no? No, I never do. I wait to the end of the competition. <laughs> I just can't be dealing with, I have enough to deal with going out to do the lifts without having to look at a board and see who's placed where. Do other, do other ladies do the same thing? You know, are they all deal with that differently? I think everybody deals with it differently. In behind the scenes, there is a screen with numbers in, on it and your name. So you can quite freely go and look at it but that's not my thing <laughs> you then went to do the bench press okay so how much was that on the same day or the next day we do the three lifts on the so you get three squat three bench three deadlift and uh, one after the other you do your three squat then you go and get a 20 minute break to warm up for your bench press and then you do it and then you get another 20 minutes to warm up and then you go out and do your deadlifts. Wow. <laughs> oh, what are you doing in between then? Just refreshment? Are you allowed to drink water? What do you do? Oh, you can eat whatever you want now. So you, so, <laughs> so, ma- so you weigh it in, that's it. Weigh in. Three Big Macs. Donuts, sweeties, <laughs> jelly babies, you name it, we got it. And there's no issue with it? No issue at all. Yeah, but what do you actually do though? Yeah, I would eat, you know, rice cakes, jelly babies, donuts, 
just all the carbs and get plenty of electrolytes in me, which is the sports drinks. And that's to get that burst, is it? Yes, that, you need it. Especially when you have to do three deadlifts at the end. Yeah, okay. And that's the hardest, isn't it? Your favourite, what was your favourite? Do you remember you told me the last time you had a favourite lift? Deadlifts are my favourite lift. So how did that go? Deadlifts went amazing because it was exciting. In regards to, I got my first deadlift, my second deadlift, but then my coach, unbeknown to me, added 10 kilo to my last deadlift and I needed to pull that deadlift to play second overall in the world. That's amazing. And you did it. Oh, I did it, all right. (laughs) You don't give up on your last deadlift. Chris Scott on the Down About Down podcast. So here's Karen Burns, 162.5 on the bar. She's done 163 in the past. She can do it. And it's going, but that's a tough lockout. Three white lights and Karen Burns moves up to second place. She takes the overall silver and provisionally has the deadlift gold. Chatting with Chris on the Down About Down podcast. Uh, what's the atmosphere like? I mean, yeah, you're going to hear the GB shouting, but I mean, you're probably, you know, how, how are other countries dealing with us? Do you know what's going on out there when, when they're watching you? And, you know, is there a lot of support, a lot of cheering, or is it just all cool it? Nobody wants to hear that in the background. It's very, very noisy. And really, everybody is very supportive. Yeah. They do, and it's a lot of screaming and shouting. But unfortunately, when you're out there going to left, you don't actually hear much of it. To be yeah, honest, it's not affecting you. You don't. You're not looking at. It. You don't care. That's that's. On my last deadlift, my friend was there, Rosemary Miller, and she looked at me, and I knew the look that she gave me was, "You go do this, girl," and I just give her a nod back, and she said to her husband, "She's going to lift this." Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a big ask, to be honest. Even though I've done it before at 162 and a half kilo, it was a big ask on the day. It was a big jump of 10 kilo from your second to your last deadlift. So you come off, all the points are added up as well, and then it goes to like an overall as well, is that right? So yeah, you compete and you get your individual medals, but you're also gathering points for your team. So the Masters two ladies, actually, after all points added up, came third overall. Isn't that amazing? So who who, who, who pipped you at the post then? Who who are the countries to look out for then? I mean, who was up there, can you remember? Um, the girl was from the Netherlands. So she was Dutch, and the girl that came third was Canadian. Did you know them? Had you seen them before in competitions? I'd seen the girl. I'd competed against Jody McPeak in Sweden and pipped her for from third to second as well, the last time as well. Um, so uh, the girl from the Netherlands, she's actually just come up into the category, so oh, she'd right. be the youngest. I take it there probably wouldn't be a lot of difference then, and, and you know, you, you, maybe you don't even know. You don't. That's not your thing to to watch all that. But you know, would would that be analysed by the coach at a later stage for the next time? That'll be all analysed by Aaron, and I'll leave it to him. <laughs> you don't take any part in this. You just turn up, do it, and away home again. <laughs> that's my job. Turn up, lift the weights. Go home. So how did you feel after all that? I mean, you're but ment- are you mentally drained? Are you physically drained? Physically. Yeah. Actually physically. The mental stuff so you're you're still buzzing after the competition. Didn't sleep that night at all. 
<laughs> at all. But obviously, all the sugar would consumed. That's probably why I didn't sleep. You know, you're quite a following here because once it hit Facebook, I mean, lots of people left lots of goodwill messages and well done, you know. So you're, it's, it, it's getting there. You're starting to get it out there. I hope so. Yeah. I'd like to because at the end of the day, age is only a number. Yeah. Go out there and do whatever you can yeah. whilst you can. So you're so motivational. I told you before you should be out there, not just on stage left and right, but talking to people and getting them involved because there's so many people think dark nights are coming in. What can I do? Do you know what? And people close the door and watch TV, but there's so much more to life, isn't there? Definitely. I mean, I know when I don't want to be sitting on a chair and somebody having to help me lift me out of a chair in 10 years time. No, I'll be living them. <laughs> yeah, and looking at all this equipment, you're getting a lot of training in for it anyway. So tell me this. You came back. Uh, well, you, you, I take it you stayed for a few more days then? Yeah, I stay, I left it on the, the Sunday and come. I was back home um, on Thursday. Okay, so you're, you're coming back and then back to work on Friday? No, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I was still in Canada time, so no, definitely not. Back to work on Monday. Okay, so you leave all the time behind. When are you going to see all the guys again? What's happening in, in, in that power lifting world then? The team sort of split GB, just go their separate ways again until the next time, basically, and you have to go through that regime again, starting off again, you know, to work towards the British Masters the next time. But what happens between now and then? You know, what have you planned over the next few weeks or months? Well, we have a seven-week programme planned because there's a local competition via NIPF, Northern Ireland Powerlifting Federation, and it's going to be held in a gym up in Newton Abbey. So that is the aim that we get onto the platform on the 11th of December, then get a week's break and then back into programme for Europeans in Budapest in March. So the one locally, is that, I don't mean this in the way it's going to sound, like, like a fun thing, There's not re- it's competitive, but it's not really going to work towards anything, is it? No, it's not for any qualifying, it's just for me to get on the platform, platform experience, it helps. What you do in a gym and what you do in a platform is completely different. And then you're going to, where did you say, Budapest? Budapest uh, in March, early March for Europeans. Yeah. So how many people will go on that? Is that, again, is that down to some, you've been picked or because you've already been up there, you're, you're naturally going to be into that team, you know, or, you know, how does that work? Is that just a given then? No, nothing's ever a given. You have to earn it, earn your place. So again, um, I believe that I've already got enough as a total to get me there. So that's what I'm in for. I haven't been chosen yet. We will know in a couple of weeks time, but I do believe that I've qualified. You ever worry there's always someone chipping away behind you? There'll be someone behind you looking to get onto that team, or is it not like that? Oh, there'll always be people out there who can come forward at any time. You you just don't know. But again, I just concentrate on what I can do. There's no point in looking what anybody else can do, because it's not going to make you lift any better. So tell me this, you're, you're into motivation and so on, so you know what you left it there. You know you set the British uh, Masters record. What's your next goal? Is it just to sustain that? Is it to even get better than that? You know, how do you see yourself moving forward? So again, the aim is always to try and better yourself. And sometimes getting better doesn't mean more weight on the bar. It might mean that you move that weight better. Technique. That's amazing. Well done, you. And we've, we've taken photographs of your medals here. So I take it that will be added to a vast collection here. Yeah, uh, but sometimes my grandchildren play with them. So, yeah. And what did they think? I mean, what did the kids and the grandkids think then when they heard about Granny and Mum? How's she done? Two oldest think my house is called 
the Strong Girls Club <laughs> and the Way Ones, yeah. So we're, we've got little weights here for them, so yeah, they enjoy it. Brilliant. And I see you still have your motivational words still up on your door. Have you added, added any since? I add sort of words every day just to keep it ticking over. For anyone who wants to get involved, um, I think it, we talked about this before, but wh- where's the best place to find out information about all this? Well, as I said, my coach, Sharon Kelly, has opened a new gym in Downpatrick, Unified Fitness, um, does small group training, get in t- touch, touch with him, mm-hmm. start okay. off, all levels. Yeah. And then did they, did you're actually part of the association, isn't that right? The yeah, I'm part of um, Northern Ireland Powerlifting Federation. So, and part of GB Powerlifting. And you can find a lot out there. It's all on Facebook and the internet. All on social media. All of it. Karen, I could talk to you for hours. There's more in you there about motivational. I still think you should be out there talking to people. It'll come. I know it'll come. Um, But listen, can I wish you all the best for the future? Thanks, Chris, and I'll keep you posted. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. And now to deadlifts. Deadlift silver with 162.5 goes to Great Britain's Karen Burns. You've been listening to Down About Down podcast, hosted and produced by Chris Scott for your ears only. If you would like to get in touch with Chris at the Down About Down podcast, then email downaboutdown at outlook.com. 